Hey, welcome to the Released Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Barnett, and here we exist to equip, encourage, and empower spiritual leaders, that's you, so that you can feel released to then influence Southwest Missouri and the world for Christ. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that today's conversation is helpful for you. What is up, podcast listeners? It is your host, Alex Barnett, and welcome to the first ever inaugural, minus the pilot episode that we just recorded, the first ever episode of the Released Leadership Podcast. And of course, we have to have on our directional lead pastor, Justin Stringer. What's up, Justin? Hey, I'm pumped to be here with you guys. I am pumped as well. This is going to be awesome. This has been fun. We've been thinking about this, ideating about this for quite some time. And I think actually we're going to launch this and it's going to dovetail quite well with our theme for the year 2024, which is the gospel for every issue. Now, we say this a lot, Justin, you say it a lot, and I think you've you've discipled this and leaked this visionarily speaking into all of our staff and even our leaders. And they hear this a lot. They say the gospel, okay, I get it. It's for every person at every level. We find it in every passage of scripture and it's for every issue that we may face. And so whenever we're starting this Release Leadership Podcast, we've got to talk about the gospel being essential and of most importance to spiritual leaders. Now... I could see some people uh, rolling their eyes at that. Uh, in fact, I could be tempted to not believe that, that I'm ready. Hey, I want to talk more visionarily speaking. I want to get some skills and increase my competency in, in this or that or the other. But maybe reorient us, Justin, reorient me as to why you actually believe. It's not just something that you say because it sounds good. You actually believe the gospel is essential for us to grow in our leadership. That's a great question, Alex. And I would submit to you, and I think it's worth talking about later if you want to, that the most important thing for a leader is their personal encounter with the good news of the gospel in their personal relationship with the Lord. They need to remember who they are in Christ as the first step to leading well in different ministry contexts. And part of the reason for that is the content of what they should be communicating in their leadership context is gospel content. What people most need to hear week in and week out, day in and day out is grace and truth over time. And and leaders get the privilege of exporting that. And you can't export that with any type of authenticity if you're not personally experiencing that. But even more important than that, in my opinion, unless a leader is encountering uh, the gospel in their personal lives, they won't in any way be able to care well for people that they're ministering to because you'll constantly be using your leadership to try to fill holes in your identity rather than ministering from an identity that's already been made rock solid because of the finished work of Jesus on your behalf. The gospel gives leaders an identity where they're able to say, hey, I can get my eyes off of myself in trying to fill holes in who I am and I get my eyes on to someone else and how I can care best for them in light of what Jesus has done for me. So that Mm -hmm. gospel identity becomes then the foundation for caring well for people around you. Yeah. And, and I think we are so everything around us, culturally speaking, whether that is success vocationally or 
academics when it comes to school or even social media and in, in our friend groups. Um, everything is so performance based. It's the opposite of the gospel in every way of life. And, it, and, you know, we get this one opportunity if we're not in a life group or a discipleship group on Sundays to remind ourselves exactly that, hey, no, 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 it's not about what we do. It's what Christ has already done for us. And as leaders who, who are doing things, we're interacting with people in a sinful, broken world as sinners. We have to remind ourselves of that. 100%. And what you'll see in the New Testament over and over again is that Paul, other New Testament writers are constantly reminding Christians about the gospel because our hearts are drawn to living in a performance treadmill kind of way. And in fact, most of the people we, we minister to, most of the people in our life groups or discipleship groups will be drawn in that direction too. And we'll read that on to their relationship with the Lord. And so part of what we as leaders get to do is to get people to step off of the performance treadmill and to get their eyes on to a God who has already done all that's necessary to win salvation for us, who is with us right now, who is for us and who will protect us until we spend an eternity with him. Yeah, just so you guys know, the basis of us saying that we don't graduate from the gospel, we, we grow in our knowledge and, and understanding and even love of the gospel message is really found in Colossians 1.6. And I was actually reading through uh, a book that we heavily endorse, a book that's changed my life personally, The Gospel-Centered Life by Robert Thune. And they have this passage in there, and it's really the crux of this gospel-centered movement. And it says this in Colossians 1, verse 6, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, he's speaking to believers in the church at Colossae, since the day you heard it in the past tense, understood it in the past tense, the grace of God and truth. And so this is evidence, biblically speaking, that the gospel is not just for those who don't know Jesus. It's not just for the unsaved, the lost. It's for everybody, even church going people here in Southwest Missouri, and especially for spiritual leaders. Well, and we were talking beforehand. I mean, you see this all over the New Testament. First Corinthians 15, Paul is reminding the church at Corinth believers, uh, the doctrines that are of first importance. Christ died for our sins, according to scripture. Romans 15, which you see over and over again, is Paul saying, hey, I'm reminding you about the goodness of the good news of the gospel. He's talking to a church. He's talking to the believers. But what he views is the most important need for that church is for them to be reminded of just how good the good news is for them specifically. Justin, so let's dive into some gospel reminders that you believe are necessary uh, for spiritual leaders, really at Fellowship Bible Church, but, but any spiritual leader that's listening. Uh, the first one being, a, we need to remind ourselves that being a leader doesn't make you a better Christian. Justin, convince us, um, like we know this intellectually speaking, at least I hope so. I mean, we'd just be straight up being prideful if we actually thought that. But we are so tempted. I am. I will speak on my behalf of myself. I believe God is more impressed with me, loves me more based on how many people are coming to know Christ, based on how many young adults are in attendance at a gathering, based on how I preach and, and how my feedback was at teaching team. I, know, I would never say that out loud, but I really believe that in my heart. And so how do we actually get ourselves to remember that being a leader doesn't make us a better Christian in God's eyes? Yeah, that's a great question. Every time you take a step of faith into leadership, you are inevitably going to be tempted to attach your identity before the Lord 
to the success or lack of success you have in a leadership context. You're constantly going to be drawn to measure how you're doing in your walk with the Lord with whether or not life groups going well or Mm. discipleship groups are going well or how many people are coming to church on a Sunday, how the kids were doing in your kid's life classroom. All of those kind of things tend to draw our hearts to assume that God is either happy or not happy with us based upon the results. And part of what the gospel says, no, no, God is pleased with you because he's pleased with the finished work of Christ. And then you get to minister out of the overflow of God's uh, current love for you in Christ, which means that you lead not to become better before the Lord or to commend yourself to the Lord. You lead because God in his grace is allowing you to overflow his grace to other people. And part of what we get to do is to do that shoulder to shoulder. It's a phrase we use a lot here at Fellowship with people because we know that leaders aren't inherently better than anybody else. They've just been called by God to use some of their gifts for God's glory in a particular context. And we get to bring those gifts and uh, good news about God's grace to people as we live in those particular contexts. Justin, my first question to you is, you know, how has your your understanding of your need of the gospel grown over time as you've gone from, you know, a, a college student that's sharing the gospel on WashU's campus and in, in St. Louis to being a staff, uh, staff member and then, and then director at, at crew. Uh, and then now being, uh, the directional lead pastor of a growing church here in Southwest Missouri. How has your understanding of your need of the gospel grown? Yeah, that's a, that's another great question. Uh, part of what I've talked about at different times over, uh, different sermons is there was a one particular moment in my life, uh, leadership wise, and really it's my walk with the Lord wise, where I uniquely felt the Lord challenging me on, on this issue was my, uh, senior year of college. I was in a coffee shop and I was reading no surprise to you or anybody listening is probably a Tim Keller article and God in his grace reminded me, Hey, Justin, the reason that I care about you is not because you're going on mission trips or leading small groups. It's not because you're about to join staff with this mission organization crew. The reason I love you is because of what Jesus accomplished for you. I am for you in him, not because of what you do. And I'm just going to, just to be honest, that is a lesson that I've had to come back to over and over again. In fact, our staff team is regularly reading the article that I read in that coffee shop, not because they need to hear it, although I'm sure they'll benefit from it, but because my heart needs to hear it again. That idea of reminder assumes that very regularly any leader in any position is going to have to remember, hey, your identity before the Lord is not what you do, but what Jesus has done for you. Your uh, status before God is in the finished work of Christ, not in all of the things that you get to do because Jesus has saved you. And that's a lesson that I'm constantly having to preach myself to myself. If you could open my journal, what you would see is me constantly writing those truths so that my heart remembers. As I open up God's word, part of what I see in my personal times with the Lord over and over again, is not sermons to be preached, but truths about the gospel that Justin Stringer uniquely needs to remember. That's cool. Cause I was actually about to ask if you could get even more specific and, and how you do remind yourself of that. And, and I love that. Um, 
uh, journaling is an exercise in a way that you connect with the Lord and not journaling to, I'm tempted to do this. I might listen to a sermon or read a passage and say, wow, this would be something to use in the future for a message or, or a quick vision cast and, and some meeting that I have, but no, like actually internalizing it first and foremost for me. Um, and maybe I never do anything with that passage or maybe I just tuck that away and maybe it comes up um, again down the road. Uh, but I think sometimes it's just enough for us as leaders to first sit underneath God's word, remind ourselves of the gospel because we need it. Well, and I would even add, I'm really jealous to even protect my personal times with the Lord and what God's teaching me there from getting to a place where I'm using those in, in different spots in ministry settings. And it doesn't mean that, that it never happens or my personal walk with the Lord does not bleed into uh, sermons or teachings or any of those kind of things. But as best I can, I, I want to make sure that the first thing that's happening is I'm opening God's word for my personal devotional times is that Justin and the Lord are doing business, not Justin and the Lord trying to figure out what other people need to say, need to hear. Well, it's interesting. I don't, so I don't know, this is probably a few months ago, uh, maybe a year ago at, at the time. I, I don't know, but I was at Kingdom Coffee and I'm, I'm walking through, uh, I think maybe Philippians at the time. And there's a college student uh, from uh, another church in town that, that uh, was like, Hey, what's up, Alex? You know, are you, are you doing some message prep? I go, no, I'm just kind of, Spend time with the Lord. This is kind of, you know, where I'm at right now. And the the person was blown away that I was reading the Bible just to read the Bible. And I, and I thought that I was blown away that he thought that he was, I mean, it was just a kind of a weird interaction. And I, and I wouldn't at all hesitate to say, and I, I did say this, Hey, we've been walking through Romans at uh, this time for the last six months. And I guarantee you, Justin is intentionally not in Romans in his quiet time. You know what I mean? Like he's in the old Testament, he's in the Psalms, he's, he's in the gospels. He, he's not walking through one of, one of Paul's letters, certainly not Romans, um, because he needs a, a space that you just, you were just talking about uh, of just where God can meet him personally. So, Amen. Hey, um, moving on. Second gospel reminder is you can't export what you haven't first experienced. You talked about this a little bit. And so maybe a question that I have for you to jump right into this reminder is how has God, how has God grown you in your ability to speak to hurting people, to speak to unrepentant people, to speak to prideful people, um, to speak to people that, that hurt you, uh, to speak to people that you've hurt them? Um, how has God grown you in this area to extend grace, uh, but also not be afraid? We say this a lot. Hey, I love you enough to tell you the truth. We, we can't be afraid of telling people uh, the truth that's in God's word. Yeah, I, I would say over the course of my ministry, part of what God has given me the grace to do is to walk through uh, hard things personally uh, and hard things in ministry context alongside of other people. And when you're in the midst of walking through hard things, I hesitate to use words like suffering. So I don't know if it's at that level, but there've certainly been hard things that have, that have walked through. When you're walking through hard things, nobody is particularly excited that you're in, you're experiencing those things in the moment. But part of the benefit of walking through those things with the Lord is God will consistently and always use the hard things in your life to prepare you to minister to other people who are dealing with hard things. And so because I have had to walk through, you know, hard times in ministry, uh, uh, times when I felt like 
given up uh, times when uh, it's been more difficult than I thought it should be. Uh, my ability to sit across the table from somebody and both lovingly communicate grace and care to them. And at the same time, lovingly and with a tear in my eye, communicate truth to them has grown exponentially as well. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've told Matt in a sermon at some point is uh, there was a moment a couple of summers ago where Kate walked in to our kitchen and I was just making myself some lunch. And she said, hey, Justin, you know, you love people more like Jesus than you used to. And one of the reasons that stuck in my mind is, well, two of them. One is that's not my natural bent. I'm natural, a very type A kind of guy. Like, hey, let's let's find a hill and go attack that hill and then find another hill to go attack it. But God has forced me mm. in this role specifically to slow down and to meet people where they are and to be willing to walk, even if it's slowly with them as they, they walk toward Jesus. And the other reason that sticks out to me is because the Lord was the one who was doing that in me. I wasn't trying to make myself into a more caring person, but God was using circumstances, difficult times. It's clinging to him when, even when it's hard, he was using that to increase my ability to lovingly and graciously care for people around me. And in his grace, it's happening. And, and I love getting to sit across the table from people and look them in the eye and love them enough to tell them the truth and love them enough to communicate grace where that's necessary as well. Yeah. Do you have uh, any passages of scripture or um, maybe just a, yeah, let's go with passages of scripture of reminders that you have um, before you go into a hard conversation that you're about to have maybe with somebody where you're going to have to really extend some grace <laughs> or um, you're going to have to tell them some truth and love uh, that's really uncomfortable and going to challenge you. Yeah. It's all related to theology, to be honest, theology proper. I mean, part of the reason I, I love spending time in the Psalms is that God in the Psalms uses the songbook of ancient Israel to remind us about truths about his character. The only way that you're going to be able to really speak the truth that people need to hear into their lives is if you trust, Hey, the Lord is my shepherd mm. and the Lord is the one who's in sovereign control. And the Lord has called me to be a part of what he's doing, but I'm just a mouthpiece. He's the one speaking through me. As you remind, remind yourself of truth about who God is, it gives you the power to speak into scary situations that you might not otherwise want to speak into. That's good. That's good. Okay. Let's, let's land the plane here. The gospel changes people, not you. Tell us how that's good news in any way. Because I want control. Like I want to be able to change someone, to change a husband and have him become more sacrificial, to share the gospel with um, a fraternity brother, um, to to create this massive movement that changes lives and generations to come. I want to be able to do that based on controllables as a leader. Tell me how in the world that's good news that the gospel is what changes people and not me as a leader. Because the pressure is not on you and the pressure is not on me. So part of the reason I can even walk into conversation to tag onto your last question and be willing to speak truth is because I know that even if I botch the truth that I'm about to say to that individual, God is big enough to use imperfect Justin to point people to a perfect gospel and, and change their lives. Every ministry accomplishment that you've had or I've had or anybody else has had has ultimately been God has been the one who has been moving in those instances, which then gives you the freedom to take steps of faith and trust God to use you again. You're just pointing people 
to the best news in the history of the universe, reminding them that it is the best news in the history of the universe, and then getting your hands off so that God can do what only God can do, which is change people's hearts. That's incredibly freeing in a leadership context to really actually trust that God is going to be the one who's going to move and that even your imperfections uh, can't thwart God's plan for that individual's life. That is good. And it, 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 it is good news that the pressure's all on God's shoulders and uh, he's all powerful. So I think that he can handle it. It's all good. Uh, Justin, is, is there any last words that you might commission us out as leaders? Maybe some people are, are about to, uh, lead and start a group, uh, started this year for the first time ever. Um, maybe there's been some leaders that are, Hey, they're wanting to quit. Like they've been, uh, a life group leader for six, seven, eight years, and they just feel really, um, either bummed and, and maybe a leadership slump. Uh, or maybe kind of broken down and, and hurt a little bit. Would you have any uh, words of encouragement to leaders? I would say a couple of things. One is that God, whether or not you feel it, God is using your leadership to impact people. One of the great privileges of being in ministry for, at this point, um, more than a decade and a half is that I get to see the long arc of God moving in people's lives. And there are individuals that I've spent time with that I thought never in a thousand years is God really going to be using me in this person's life. And then uh, five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later, you begin to see what the Lord was actually doing through my imperfect steps as I was hanging out with them. So God is moving in people's life even more. Uh, the, one of the most significant engines of spiritual growth in my life has been taking steps of faith to trust the Lord and to lead out. God uh, chooses to, to make us more deeply aware of the gospel as we're communicating the gospel to other people. So even under this idea for every issue, if you want the gospel to get in deeper, one of the things I'd encourage you to do is get next to hurting people and communicate the gospel into their need. And what you'll begin to find is that God is always working bi-directionally. He's working in their life and he's working in your life as you're taking steps of faith to, to impact them. So, so don't give up. Not only are you impacting people, but God is moving in your heart, I promise, as you're taking steps of faith to lead out and impact other people. That's good, Justin. I think it's just encouraging to know that, hey, every, every shepherd has a shepherd. Uh, every leader has a leader in Christ and, and you do a really good job of just initiating, uh, conversations related to our personal walks with the Lord, uh, in every staff meeting that we have, or even a particular one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you're asking us first the question, how are you experiencing Jesus? Because you really do believe, uh, deep down that that's the most important thing. And so I can just, I just want to thank you as someone who works with you and, and under your leadership, uh, you really model what you're saving, saying, even on this podcast. And we want that to, to really be true of all of our leaders across the board here at fellowship. My greatest desire for you, Alex, and for all of our leaders here at fellowship and for my own heart is that Jesus would actually remain for the long haul, our first love. This is the prayer I pray most often about myself. God, Help me keep you as my first love. Well, I'd encourage our leaders to pray that for themselves and for the people they're ministering to. And it's what I pray for our staff team as well. Yeah, I, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I remember uh, uh, day of my ordination, uh, fall of 2022, you gave me a book, The Pastor's Justification uh, by Jared Wilson. Great book, really good book. And in there, you wrote a note and you said, my prayer for you, Alex, is not that your ministry would be successful, and then use comma, although I think it will be, 
which was nice. Thanks. Uh, my prayer is that you would love Jesus more on your last day than you do this day. And I've said that to other people and that, um, even borderline brings me to tears right now. And, uh, as, as we're in this podcast, just because I, I really do believe that you love me and you want my love for the gospel to grow, not just for, um, my leadership ability and, and competencies, um, and output to be greater. So appreciate you, man. Love you, Justin. Thanks for jumping in on this podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Released Leadership Podcast. If this podcast has been helpful to the whole, we ask that you would subscribe and even share it with other aspiring leaders so that we can see more and more people in our area and world influenced by Jesus. We will see you next episode on our Released Leadership Podcast. See ya.